Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Howdy. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, before we get into it, hi everybody. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. It was the first full weekend of fall, and it felt like summer, and I was in a real paradox. Am I putting away the goddamn patio furniture, or am I honestly, going to lay on it? Honestly, I don't what the hell are we doing? What is happening here? You know? Yes. I was thinking about it just with the beautiful weather, and I didn't want to squander it. And looking ahead to this coming weekend, Thanksgiving weekend is going to feel like fall. High 15 degrees, temperatures overnight just above zero. So okay. it's going to feel like fall. I don't mind that, though. This is our last week of warmth. Should I be putting up the Christmas lights and shit now? <laughs> like, maybe I should. Like, why would I do it in November when it's cold, when I could right? just do it now, when it's going to feel 35 you, degrees? You know what's so freaking weird? is like, I have an appointment in, like, 20 days to put my winter tires on. Like, how fucked up is that? And it's 30 degrees today. <laughs> it's 30 degrees. Like, what is happening? That's brutal. It's nuts. But you, like you said, though, it'll switch quickly. Like, I mean, by Thanksgiving weekend, by this weekend, um, I, which this weekend is Thanksgiving, guys. When the hell did that happen also? And I know it's earlier this year, too. But uh, it, I feel like... I don't mind that weather during Thanksgiving, but uh, for the time being, yeah, enjoy the heat. If you if you if that's your thing, enjoy it. Don't put shit away yet until until then. We have a lot to get to in this episode of After Nine, and as always, we'll start off with some of the big stories that people are talking about. I'm going to call this progress because I think we should be going further down this road. They've expanded the list of things that pharmacists can treat now without actually having to go see a doctor at the hospital or the walk-in or your family doctor. Okay. 13 common ailments have been added to the things that pharmacists can write a script for, including acne, yeast infections, parasitic worms, canker sores, diaper rash, nausea, vomiting in pregnancy, and more. Good. Very good. You know what? I think, and I don't want to piss off any of the doctors. Yeah. No, go ahead. I think, I, I think we're far past that sometimes at this yeah. podcast. I think pharmacists are brilliant. I think the way they know and understand drugs and specifically drug interactions with your body and with other drugs, I wish we left more things to the pharmacists. Clearly, they're trained in medicine. They know the drugs that are used to treat these things. And I don't know what yeah. I can get from a doctor that I can't get from a pharmacist. I just don't know. As far as family doctorish type everyday common ailments. It is so frustrating, though, because since the... since. It first happened that it was like, oh, pharmacists are allowed to do more. It was like an exciting time, I think, for a lot of people. So I had um, a virus, if you will, in my eye, and I've had it before, and it's just eye drops. It's not even contagious. It's just what happens sometimes when I get sick. It happens in my eye, so I knew exactly what was happening. So I roll up to the pharmacist thinking, okay, it's already on my record here, too, that I've had it before. I know what it is. It's not like I'm trying to use and abuse eye drops. Uh, so this should, <laughs> right? Like, you fucking junkie. It's, it's, like, it's eye drops. Just give me the fucking eye drops. So I talked to the pharmacist, and that's exactly what happened was I was shocked because I thought this should be easy, right? Like, and I said, look, I've got it again. I know what the symptoms are. I know, no, you're going to have to go to your eye doctor or your family doctor and get the script. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So I'm still a little confused as to 
has this been positive for people? Please tell us if it has. Like, if it's been positive and, and you've been, I don't know, you've had a good experience, let us know. That's my only experience with it where I thought I had it. I'm like, yeah, we got this. And then they're like, nah, go to your doctor. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. It's like that. I'm in the same boat. I went to, uh, I get a sinus infection, it seems, once a year. Antibiotics, it's gone in a couple of days, mm-hmm. and I'm back to normal and good for another year. I, I went to a walk-in clinic, and it was just a mess. It looked like a, a, mm. a hospital at war. There yeah. was people everywhere. It was terrible. So that was the walk-in. I didn't feel like waiting two hours to see a doctor. So tried to make a, an appointment with my family doctor. We all know where that goes. Yeah, they'll see you a week from Wednesday, uh, the worst possible time. No good. So I thought, I'll go to a pharmacy. I went to a shopper's, which was around the corner. Yeah, do you have an appointment? No, no, I didn't know I was supposed to make an appointment. I thought we could just come in and talk to the pharmacist. No, you need an appointment. I said, all right, fine. I didn't know that either. So I made an appointment on their stupid app, and, and then the pharmacist tells me, Ah, you got to see a doctor for that. And I'm like, what the fuck do you guys do? What is it exactly that you guys can do? Because this is something that should be a no-brainer. It's obviously a sinus infection. Here's your antibiotics. Why can't we get to that level? Because that's when we could see a lot of strain Mm -hmm. being taken off of the walk-in clinics, family doctors, and the emergency room. People are going to the emergency room for the dumbest stuff. Yeah, they are. But only because I don't really blame them. We're supposed to be treated in a timely fashion. And when the walk-in's a two, three-hour wait, why would you want to wait? Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. And this kind of, and, and people, I think, who don't understand that are looking, that are outside looking in going, oh, you guys, you guys have got it made in the shade there with your healthcare system. No, it's actually it's like it's shite. Trash. It's not great. It's not good at all. Um, I'm thinking about getting one of these phone prescriptions, though, or the online ones. Uh, during COVID, I needed uh, an appointment for something and they weren't seeing anybody. They were doing like the virtual appointments only. So I used this app. It was called Maple. And now they're offering a monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. So you pay, sorry, it's an annual membership fee. And then you pay your monthly subscription and you can get a doctor on the phone within minutes. And if you just need a prescription or something like that, apparently they they basically write up just about anything you want. What? Yeah. I never heard of this. I'm going to look into that. There's a few of them out there, but if you can get one of those... Um, virtual doctor's appointments. I don't know why, but when it's my family doctor, I feel like it's outrageous that they only want to see me online. Meanwhile, I'm willing to pay a complete stranger to see me online because yeah. it would just be faster. <laughs> Isn't that terrible though? But I mean, now, That's where we're at. now we're at a point where the healthcare system is so broken that we want to pay money to try and get some of these things done and to try and get it done in a timely fashion. So uh, the whole thing's got to go up on the hoist again, Kat. Wow. Minimum wage did go up yesterday, sixteen fifty five an hour. Did you hear any conversation about that this weekend? I actually didn't hear hear very much about it at all. No. Normally when we get a minimum wage increase, it's usually good news. Like mm-hmm. people are usually pretty happy, like, oh cool, they're getting a raise. And those were small ones. This is a decent increase. It's a dollar five extra an hour. People are pissed because it's basically just a piss in the ocean when it compares yeah. to the cost of living. Yeah. It's true though. It is up, though. So if you're working today, you're making more money than you did on Friday if you're a minimum wage employee. On Friday, federal officials announced step one in a plan to regulate podcasts and other digital content that's streamed in Canada. <laughs> the CRTC has new powers that mm. were given to them in the controversial Bill C-11. So right away, out of the gate, They're going after the podcasters and streamers. They say they're modernizing the broadcast system by requiring social media companies, 
podcasters and some foreign streamers to register with the CRTC so they can fall under the new regulatory framework. Interesting that they haven't told us what that new regulatory framework is, but people are pissed. Yeah. This is uh, one of the things that we still got. If you've given up on the the CTVs and CBCs and globals of the world, the mainstream media, maybe you're only getting your news online. Maybe you're getting your news or commentary or discussion from podcasts just like this. Imagine podcasts and streamers have to abide by the same rules that radio does or that television does. That's going down a slippery slope, Kat. It's an odd one. I know I'm, I need, we need to see this framework, guys. We need to see this framework. Well, there's going to be some money that's going to have to get kicked in. For those who don't know, radio stations have to allocate a portion of their total annual sales to Canadian content development. And that's, uh, I don't know a whole lot of artists that are, that are loaded because of the money they're getting from the Canadian content fund. But allegedly, it goes to Canadian artists to help them establish their career. Whether it does or doesn't, that's another conversation. Talk to someone in the record industry and find out how much support they got Mm -hmm. or how much factor gave them to film a music video because a lot of people have been turned down and a lot of people that can afford to make a video have been given big handouts. So that's just one side of it. It looks like they're going to want streamers, podcasters, and even social media giants to pay into that fund. What's weird, though, is when they introduced C11, I remember the discussion because it affects us. They were adamant. This is what we need to go after the big tech companies. We need this law to force the Facebooks and YouTubes and and metas of the world to to pay their fair share and comply. They never, actually, actually, you know what? They explicitly promised they would not be regulating podcasts. They would not be regulating streamers. They would not be regulating a lot of the stuff that apparently they're now ready to regulate. Right away. They didn't even waste time. First thing they're doing, going after the podcasters. Are you worried about what the framework might look like? Oh, sure. Of course there's concern. Yeah, absolutely. So am I. Here's the difference, I think, for most people, because a lot have reached out to me to ask what I think of this, and I don't fully know. I haven't formed a full opinion on this, but this is the way it's going. On the radio, there's some very specific things that we can and cannot do. Do people understand that? Because I feel like sometimes people people don't really. I understand though. If it's not your industry, if you're not in it, why would you know? Well, there's rules, right? I but, mean, yeah. Just so you know, there's lots of rules that we get pissed about that we want changed. Absolutely. So there is no rules right now on podcasts. People can stream whatever they want. They can talk about whatever they want. They can play music. They can do tricks. They can do whatever they want. There's a million different podcasts that all do different things. Not regulated, no government influence, nobody is putting any pressure on us to do anything one way or the other. But once it falls under the CRTC, I feel like that's yeah. where we're going. Yeah. I, I really feel like the rules that'll be imposed are going to be very, very cumbersome. No one has ever come to me and said, Scott, you can't say this on the radio, you can't say that on the radio. Remember during COVID when everybody thought uh, the whole media was bought and paid for and shit like that? Yeah. I, I did feel pressure and nobody ever said anything to me, but I did feel pressure to present things in a certain way. Not, not unfactual at all, but there is some pressure in broadcast media. If that pressure then translates to podcasts, we might as well just skip podcasts. You're not going to get that true, authentic, mm-hmm. 
point of view, that true, authentic uh, fear of, no, that's not the way to put it. I don't know if someone's going to come down and say, in your podcast, you're not allowed to say the COVID shots didn't work. They didn't, but I don't know if we'll be, in the pod, we could say that. On air, nobody's ever said you can't say that, but I probably wouldn't say that anyway. I think like rating systems, okay, like if they want to implement a proper rating system, because right now it's on us to say, hey guys, this is an uncensored podcast. So I like to say, sure, we could say 18 plus, 16 plus, whatever, but that's not actually a formal rating system, right? So I could see them implementing something like that. What about Canadian content? I'm curious about that. And I mean, ad revenue as an example. Mm-hmm. Are we allowed or not allowed to accept um, ads that are not completely Canadian? Like, do you think that they would do something like that? I'm curious if they would, because it sounds like something that they would do. Would they not allow it to be broadcast in other areas other than Canada unless you had a certain license? Like, who fucking knows? What, that's a real big one is licensing outside licensing. of Canada and stuff coming into Canada that's not Canadian, like your Joe Rogans and things like that. They specifically said it's over $10 million in revenue foreign streamers and podcasters need to register. They're going to have to, Spotify will have to register. So will Joe Rogan. So will Dak yeah, Shepard. Sure. Will, so will all of them. And they will for the, for the for the streams, right? I mean, it's a small ask for them, even though it's a pain in the ass, but they'll do it for the streams because they know there's a good chunk of Canadian listeners on those podcasts. Sure, but what I'm worried about is them saying no because they don't have to do it. Then the CRTC has a choice to make. Remember, uh, Meta and Google called their bluff and said, fine, we'll just pull out of the whole fucking market. And the government still looks stupid because of that. And they still haven't been able to resolve it. If they draw a line in the sand that says you must be registered with the Canadian government or your stream cannot play in Canada. I don't know if people like those, the big ones that don't really need Canada. It's a nice little add on, but they don't need us. I'm wondering if that's when you're going to say, fine, don't carry our podcast in Canada. You deal with the Canadian people that are going to be pissed off. That could happen. Maybe they're going to tell those those American streamers, yeah, sure, you can be on in Canada, but you have to, for every three guests you have on your show, one of them must be Canadian because we have a commitment to Canadian content. Right, yeah. That's the part that worries me, to be quite honest with all, you. All that shit is coming, <laughs> and this is an area where governments uh, should stay out of it. I don't have a problem with basics. I don't have a problem with... Everybody's registered, so we know who's doing what, that sort of thing. But the minute they start imposing rules, restrictions, anything like that, even when they start imposing the possibility of it, it's intimidating to a lot of podcasters. A lot will say, fuck it, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be on the hook because of something I said on my YouTube stream that the government could come after me for and freeze my bank account down the line. YouTube's a huge one. So huge one. I think that this is very misguided, and I really hope that people understand that this is not something we want our government, especially this government, doing. Uh, Regulating podcasts, regulating their content. And and when I say podcasts, I do also mean streamers. I know there's a lot of people who are making a good living. Mm -hmm. Fucking opening up boxes of shit they bought at Best Buy. You know, like there's all kinds of different things going on out there. The government has no place in regulating that. They're saying they're trying to fight misinformation. I think a lot of the reliable information that we get comes from 
places like podcasts. Yeah, so th- I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a shame that like I just picture them sometimes and I gotta be I feel like I always have to be so careful when it comes to CRTC just because of what we do for a living yeah right and I shouldn't have that fear neither should you no we shouldn't it should be a fair conversation but I do feel like sometimes it's like I picture just like a hee 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 and then like just bowls of candy in front of this evil person going let me pick at this and let me see what I can take from that it scares me I don't like it Elon Musk was the first to call out Trudeau and I actually agree with Musk on this one again Uh, Trudeau going after podcasters and streamers using the CRTC to do it so it's not actually his fingers on it. It's shady, guys. And if you get any opportunity to voice your opposition to this, I hope you do because once it's it's in, you can't change it. We should have nixed Bill C-11 right in the bud before it even became law. They should have known the Canadian people will not tolerate it. But people weren't paying attention. Law got passed. And now look where we are. And don't just look at where we are now. Look at where we could be. Look at how quickly it went from, no, 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 no. We just want to go after the big American tech giants right down to, oh, now they want to go after streamers and podcasters. What's the next Mm -hmm. evolution of this and how quickly is that going to come? The entire world around us is in a state of flux. One of the constants you can rely on is the digital content that you get regularly from Apple Music, Spotify, things like that. And when it comes to podcasts and streams specifically, When they start regulating that, it's all over, guys. That's not good news at all. Uh, Over the weekend, something massive for our generation came down, and nobody seems to give a shit. (laughs) They finally figured out who killed Tupac. Well, uh, there was an arrest that was made anyway in the murder, although he didn't apparently take the shot. It's the, I mean, we... (laughs) It's a familiar name. Everyone who everyone who knew anything about Tupac had followed uh, the whole who killed Tupac Shakur could tell you. Yeah, this guy definitely had something to do with it. Uh, but finally, an arrest was uh, made, and and there was a charge uh, toward Dwayne Keith Keefty Davis. Keefty is what he's known as. Um, although he's sixty now, in his youth, he was uh, he was a part of a gang, and. This guy was even in a fight with Tupac. Like, if it was it earlier the night it happened, the day before it happened. But anyway, it was very open about saying he, he was there. I, I was there. His nephew um, had been the one for years that people assumed is the one that actually shot at Tupac and killed Tupac. Now, he's dead. Uh, not Tupac. I mean, the nephew. Uh, Tupac is as well, they say. They say. Uh, they say. They say he's uh, dead. No, but everyone else is like dead around this whole thing. So don't expect any more arrests. But it is a big deal, I think. I mean, we're talking about something that's been ongoing for so long. In hindsight, though, maybe it was different on the ground in Vegas as a cop investigating the murder of Tupac. I I don't know what kind of challenges they ran into. But for my money, it's been 30 years. And this is something that the public is very interested in. Mm -hmm. 30 years since the guy gets killed, you have a former, was it a blood or crypt? It was a crypt leader? This guy who uh, they just arrested? They arrested, yes. Yeah. You had a former crypt leader who had the weapon, was in the car when the shots were fired. Cold case. Can't figure it out until 2023. What the actual fuck is going on here? You had a confession, basically. How did it take until... September 29th, 2023 to make an arrest. I know, but you can't, I, I hear you. You can't go off of that though. There's a, do you know how many nut jobs try to take that try to take credit for people's deaths? There's a lot of nut jobs out there that do that. And for all they knew, this was just one of those guys, even though he had connections and everyone knew um, that he was 
at least had something to do with it in one way or another. But you can't arrest someone just based off of them saying that. I can't be like, guys, yeah, I shot Biggie. Well, I guess, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, you're under arrest. You can't do that. It's such a bad look once evidence comes out later that it's this guy over here, actually. What a bad fucking look for that police department. Well, I think the bad look for the police department is, hey, I was in the car. Here's the weapon. I know who did it. Come at me. The weapon. Well, was we one- don't believe you, sir. <laughs> that confession's not confessy enough. The We're going to need to investigate. If I'm not mistaken, was not part of it at all, though. Um, the, that was the search warrant that we talked. Remember a few months back? We talked about there was a search warrant yes. in this case. That was the weapon. That's when the weapon was actually found or they knew where it was or I forget now if they actually have it in their possession or not. If I'm not mistaken, if I understand it correctly, they had examined that weapon in the past. Yeah. And now he had it. And they, when they did that search warrant a couple right. of weeks ago, that was them going after to retake it. And then they it made the It was a girlfriend's arrest. house or something, right? It was a girlfriend of, was it the girlfriend of the nephew? See, and I get confused because it's all these people are, have been linked for years, for like 30 years they've been linked. I bet you that gun on the black market is worth way more than a regular yeah. gun if it's the gun that killed Tupac. In any case, they finally figured it out. Now what do they do? That's it. Like, I mean, we'll see what happens after this when it comes to Keith D and, and sentencing. He's 60, though. I mean, again, on this, uh, when he's had interviews before, he's just said, like, yeah, I'm ready for whatever happens. So I think he's at the point where he's just like, yeah, I'm 60, man. Do what you got to do. I'm done. Like, whatever. But he got away with it for so long. But, again, there's not going to be any more rest. Everyone's dead that's surrounding this. Including the guy him. who actually shot him. The nephew's been dead for a while, yeah. What happened to him? Was he killed oh, too? Oh, good I question. I think he was killed. I think he got murdered. Yeah, I think he was killed. Uh, while we're in Vegas here, just quickly, if you haven't seen it yet, U2 is doing a residency at that new Sphere in Las Vegas. Is it a full-blown residency there? It's a residency. Oh, shit, eh? Do yourself a favor and look up some of the concert highlights from U2 at the Sphere in Vegas because what they can do with that sphere is incredible. Insane. The guys are on stage. To me, it looks like a OLG stage at Niagara Falls. It's like an amphitheater type view, but it goes up very high. U2 is at the bottom on the stage. The sphere is all around them. The way they can make it light up, it can make it look like they're in the middle of the Nevada desert. It could make it look like they're performing on the Golden Gate Bridge. It is unbelievable how cool this is. And from people who have been there, they say the sound is unbelievable. Most of the time when we see a concert, it's in a rectangular or square room. Yeah. It's like nobody ever thought, would the sound not bounce if it was round? We should do a round venue. And it worked. It looks amazing. It's effing cool too. It's not just the inside, but the outside. What they can do with the outside is incredible and realistic. I mean, it really is, guys, just follow Sphere Vegas on Instagram. Follow Sphere Vegas on Instagram and you'll see all the different looks. They kind of have some fun with it on their Instagram account. Any surprise that Disney Plus is going to crack down on Canadians that are sharing logins? Not one bit. Not one bit. I'm not surprised. I wonder how much money they're losing. Can you even consider it a loss? Like just because somebody is sharing an account doesn't mean that once they shut it off, the other person's going to open their own account. Yeah. Um, no, but Netflix, same thing with Netflix though. And they actually gained a lot of money. They actually... Their revenue went up. It did. And that's what they figured would happen, right? When they cracked down. Mm -hmm. So I think the same might happen for Disney. To be honest with you, I find Disney's plan to be not that bad. Like Disney, you get star along. uh, Sorry, you got all like the, what is it? The Hulu shit and everything else. Um, And you get, isn't it star with Disney too? 
remind me the movies. Uh, anyway, you get a whole, you can unlock a whole bunch of shit through Disney Plus, and and they also have an annual plan, which more places should have that saves you money. Like a straight up year is going to cost you less than going month to month. So I think that their plans are actually pretty good, especially if you sure, especially if you have kids, right? Because all those Disney movies, but it's not just Disney. It's like it's it's again, it's Star. It's the re, a lot of the reality shows because they have the Hulu and stuff like that. The Hulu, <laughs> all the Hulu. Uh, they got like, you know what I mean? The Kardashians and all that shit on there too. So it's got a little bit of everything, but um, I think that people will probably opt to pay for it anyway. So I'm curious to see what happens, but I don't think they're going to suffer a loss because of it. A couple of quick headlines before we get to one of the things that I'm excited to talk about, because it's going to be contentious, banning cell phones in schools. Uh-huh. That's coming up in a few minutes. And the replay of today's missed connections is also coming up. WestJet has announced they're winding down Sunwing Airlines. Their plan is to integrate Sunwing into the mainline WestJet business by October of next year. They bought Sunwing and their vacation division back in May, marking a major consolidation in the aviation market. They also plan to convert Swoop over to the WestJet brand by the end of November after reaching a new collective agreement with the pilots. So instead of having three different airlines in the sky... One airline in the sky. And it's not even going to look like three airlines that are all owned by one company. It's all going to be WestJet. All those swoop right. planes are going to get repainted. All those uh, flight crews are going to be re-given new WestJet uniforms. I really don't know how a government that says they care about competition and low cost can allow WestJet to take over Sunwing like this and their entire vacation division when they already owned Swoop and they knew the plan was to convert Swoop into WestJet. From WestJet's point of view, it makes sense. Sure, get everything consistent. Everything's easy. More planes, more destinations. It's great. But we're looking at cost and competition brings prices down. Uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's the issue. So now is there just tiers on WestJet basically? I think that's what they're going to (laughs) do. WestJet, you know, like they do anyway with some of these carriers. They have the the rouge and this and that. And some of you know where it kind of works. Some of them are better. I think it's just going to be tiers. So what they're going to do is they say they're not going to completely get rid of Sunwing and Swoop's low cost. A certain number of seats on every WestJet flight will be reserved for low cost. In other words, you could still book your flight from... Uh, I don't know, Hamilton to Gander. And and yeah, you might still be able to get that old swoop fare of 59 bucks, but there's going to be like two, three, four, five seats on the plane that are available at that. Everybody else pays mm-hmm. the WestJet price. Yeah. Flying's going to be more expensive. A hundred percent. Like soon. Like really unaffordable yeah. soon because there's carbon taxes now and because the airline industry says they need to decarbonize real quick. They've got to buy all new planes. They've got to invest in new technology. Soon we won't be flying anywhere. Not for cheap like we're used to. Uh, Talk coffee quickly. I was shocked when I read this. Only half of people that claim they're a coffee drinker say that hot coffee is their go-to. Ah, people like the the ice stuff? Cold brew. Actually came out just ahead of iced coffee, but almost as many people as like a hot coffee now like a cold one. Year round? Year round. Wow. Overall numbers. I, uh, I don't know. Could you get yourself out of bed in the morning and think, 
man, I can't wait to put some ice in my coffee today. Because no. for me, it's about the warmth. I want that warm drink in the morning. Yeah, I'm the same way. In the summertime, I, I will opt for an iced coffee or a cold brew. But it's usually like not my first cup of coffee. I just have been trained that way, maybe. You were raised on it. I don't it. know. You were raised on it. Uh, Taylor Swift, again, last oh, night. Oh, here we at go. The yeah, fucking right. Chiefs game. I, uh, I saw, okay, can I just say, though? I saw the best fucking sweater. The sweater uh, friend of mine is selling it because she's got like a, she does like merch and she'll do like uh, labels on clothes and stuff. It says Chiefs, but then in the bottom brackets, Taylor's version. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, so it's not even the Chiefs logo. It just says Chiefs in like a cute, like fo- for- format, like font, and then Taylor's version. Is, I thought that was adorable. Is the NFL exploiting Taylor Swift or does Taylor Swift in the NFL have some sort of a deal that Travis Kelsey's in on? Cause all of this seems very, very contrived. I think they so. know when to cut to Taylor. They know when to cut to Travis. Mahomes even knows when to throw. Oh, don't throw it to Kelsey. Cause Taylor's in the bathroom or something like that. The whole thing seems very choreographed. I think so. I think that it's very set up. How did we know on like what Tuesday, Wednesday that she was going to be at the game on Sunday? Someone leaked that. And if she wasn't telling anybody, then we wouldn't know, but she was. She asked for a box, a private area, whatever it was. It was a private area that she got with her. She brought Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman along and Sabrina Carpenter and a few other people that she brought along with her. So, I mean, if she didn't want people, if she wanted to be low-key, she would. But I think the NFL is working with her on that, and I think that they're happy to work with her on that. But don't forget, the girls sold out more NFL stadiums than a lot of these teams have in her career. Mm. And she'll probably sell it more this year than any other NFL team. Do you think the NFL cares about the fans, the football fans that are like, stop cutting to Taylor Swift. Just show the game. We no. don't want to hear about Taylor Swift. No, no, but there's people who bought tickets to go see the game just to see Taylor Swift. How fucked up is that? Like, like to d- see her sitting there. That's it. Hundreds like, of yards away oh, if you're on one yeah. side and she's on the other. Yeah, they didn't even watch the football game. That's wild. To I me. know people. There was a news station interviewing the people. They were like, we just came to see Taylor. See Taylor White. <laughs> like, Sit and eat wedges. Here. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. fucking weird, man. Teach their own. One more before we get to the teachers and the schools and the phones. Emma McGinnis is her name, Kat. She was on a 30th birthday trip to Walt Disney World in Orlando. She went to the Typhoon Lagoon Water Park, and she wanted to go down the Humunga Cowabunga is the name of the slide. (laughs) It is a 214-foot water slide with a five-story drop. Here's the thing. Usually they tell you when you go down this water slide, it's intense. Cross your legs. Cross your legs when you go down this water slide. Well, the new lawsuit that's been filed by Emma claims Disney did not make it clear just how important it is to cross your legs. Because near the end of the slide, Emma caught a little bit of air, as many people do. She hit the bottom so hard. (gasps) It gave her what doctors called a life-altering wedgie that even damaged her internal organs. It was a front wedgie, and it was bad enough that she needed surgery, Cat. The, the, the bathing suit went whoosh right up there, thanks to Typhoon Lagoon. She wants Disney to be more upfront about the risks and maybe ban certain bathing suits that could be wedgie prone. Are some bathing suits more wedgie prone than others? 
Oh, for sure. Yep. I mean, well, what do you what do you mean specifically? So like I got these, women. I meant for women. Yeah. yeah. I mean, guys are pretty easy, right? They've got the short shorts that you see, and then they've got this little mesh that holds your nuts in. I don't think women's has that. And I don't think a guy would need to be worried too much about a wedgie from their bathing suit. Maybe this is something women have to deal with. Is it a th- was it a thong bathing suit or something like that or not even? Doesn't not say. even the issue. No, she says she just wants Disney to be more careful and warn that certain bathing suits could be more wedgie prone. She's not asking for a ridiculous amount of money considering what she went through. She wants 50 grand, $50,000 to cover mental and physical anguish her hospital bills, and loss of earnings. They mangled, they mangled her vag and she only wants 50 grand? Right, like they fucked it up. Bitch, I would ask for 20 times that amount. Can I, I would go for go for more. Go for more. It's Disney. Go for it. Go for more. Take them for millions. You're doing it anyway. You ended up with a bathing suit in your hoo-ha because of this goddamn water slide. And all they did was tell you, go cross your legs. Well, maybe you should be a little more emphatic. Like, if you don't cross your legs, you could end up naked at the bottom. I always wonder, like, do you sign waivers before you go into those parks? You kind of do in a way, don't you? I think it's when like, you go in, you're agreeing to the terms. You're agreeing to terms, right? It's like when you go to a concert or something. Nobody makes you sign saying you won't do this or right, that. Right, right. It, it's implied it's, with the ticket. It's, it's in the terms and conditions of the venues, whatever. Okay, gotcha. Good luck to her. I hope she gets mm-hmm. the whole 50 grand. And, and if there's a problem with the water slide and that it's causing atomic wedgies, well, then, yeah, fix the freaking problem. Those ones are scary. I never said, like, those, was it one of those ones that goes, like, directly down into the water, I assume? Yeah. Like, a five-story drop. No. 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 You don't think that'd be mm. a good little rush? No. Mm-mm. That'd be fun. No. No, Mm-mm. I tend to agree with you. I was just being nice. I have no interest <laughs> in going on any Some of Some people things. love that shit, though. Oh, I, I totally get it. Uh, finally, over in the UK, they have finally made a decision. A school board has made a decision, but it wasn't here. Phones banned from the classrooms. Kids in England won't be able to have their phone in class. They cannot use it between classes either. Officials say phones at school are the biggest issues that teachers deal with every single day. Some schools are already making kids hand in their phones at the start of the day. It will now be mandatory across the UK. Mm Mm-hmm. Is this something we could do here? And, and before you answer that, because I do want you to think about it carefully, a new poll says at least 97% of school students are using their phone at school. Those are kids between 11 and 17. Wow. 97% are using it at school. The number one thing they use it for, social media. Some of them are getting hundreds of, of notifications a day, which makes me wonder, how the hell can you concentrate on what the teacher is teaching or the assignment you're writing when your phone is giving you hundreds of notifications? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think about, so my kids are too young for cell phones. And when there's an issue at the school, because I I know a lot of people are going to use the, well, in emergencies, right? Okay. I mean, if you kept it in the backpack and you knew it was going to stay there, but that's the thing, right? Is it going to stay there? But anyway, if you kept it in the backpack, I'd say that's fine, but keep it in the backpack, leave it there. You don't need it. If there truly is an emergency, though, like if there's ever an issue, my kid's school calls me. Yeah. And if I have an issue or I'm like, oh, I got to pick them up early, I just call the school. And they're pretty good with answering the phones. So I don't know why we need, I don't know why we need it. I don't see an argument for needing it because if anything, it's just going to be a distraction for the kids, isn't it? Well, I mean, kids are using them now. 
And a lot of teachers have just given up on it and said, fine, fuck it, use your phone. They're trying, in some cases, to integrate it into the, the lessons. Right. Like, hey, your phone is a real powerful tool. The, the ability to access information, to do calculations, all the things that we know phones are good at doing, great. It could be a valuable tool. But not when you're getting uh, Snapchat and TikTok notifications every 10 seconds all day yeah. long. Yeah. So I tend to think that there was a compromise here in that, sure, you could probably use it, could maybe be helpful, but everybody has to be on the same page, i.e. when the teacher says the next 20 minutes are free for cell phones, pull them out. But in 20 minutes, that better be back in your bag or it's gone. Or in 20 minutes, it better be back in your locker or it's gone for, you lose all cell phone privileges for the rest of the month. Something like that. Doesn't seem like we've done that, though. It just seemed like teachers sort of gave up trying to fight it and now kids are just doing oh, it. That's too bad. And I think it should go, for, if if you're not going to have a ban in place here, I think that it should go teacher, teacher in class to class. You know what I mean? So, hey, I'm a teacher that is absolutely zero tolerance. No phones in my class. There's no need to because we are a class that we don't need it for the curriculum. But there are other teachers who may want to implement it in. They may want to show them a thing or two and use their phones to do so. And, and that might work for them. But I think at right now the most realistic thing to do is just have teachers have a say in their own classroom. And once they get in, it's their rules. I'm conscious of the fact that many students are addicted. I believe it's an actual addiction looking at your phone like Probably. that. And, and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, hey, if someone was... Uh, adults are addicted. Adults are addicted too. You know what? Adults that are addicted to, to booze. We don't just go take away all the booze. You got to go cold. You can't just go cold turkey in a lot of cases. And kids, I think, would have a hard time going cold turkey. That's why I thought there's a compromise here. We can work it out. But it seems that there is no compromise because there are a lot of parents who don't want phones in school at all. Nope, you're there to learn, go learn. And you know what? Maybe school is the only time in a day that you actually take a break from the screen. So by all means, put it away, go to school. Then there's other parents, though, and these are the real loud ones that feel that kid, my kid must have their cell phone because if I need to reach them, they need to be accessible. What on earth did we do before cell phones? I remember that if I had to get in touch with my mom for some reason. Maybe I, uh, I don't know, I forgot my lunch today. Or maybe I uh, uh, got hurt at school or something. Maybe I decided I'm going to go to a buddy's house after school instead of going home. It was a very simple process. Mm -hmm. You had to go down, and wait in the office, and when the secretary said you could, you would make a phone call home to mom. Mom had no way of getting a hold of me when I was at school, and that was fine. She doesn't need to be able to reach me all the time. I was well cared for in a building full of professionals. She didn't need to access me. However, there's a lot of parents out there and I don't know what the insecurity is, what the real fear is, but they don't want their kids to be inaccessible at all. In fact, they'll text kids during school. And I don't get that. I don't understand how parents can get away with that. Your yeah, kids at school know. to learn and you're actually interfering with the learning. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can only imagine when I went to high school, we had we had cells, but it wasn't the same as now. Right. It wasn't we, we didn't text like crazy because we still had a T9. What was T9, it? T9. Yeah. So we didn't text a lot. Um, but I couldn't imagine like if my mom was calling me all through the day, I'd probably be like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> there's no way. Like you said, there's no way. And in those cases, though, you could like you said, you just go to the office and you make a phone call. No, you should be able to. But like I said, I've seen it. There's some parents out there that think nobody's going to tell me how to run my kid's life and I need to be able to get a hold of them. And 
lockdowns and, and Holden Secures are a great example. You hear on the news, oh, my God, my kid's school's yeah. in Holden Secure. Well, first off, you're not supposed to phone them. They're supposed to be quiet. They're supposed to be sheltering in place. So don't even bother reaching out to them anyway. You could actually do more harm than good. Sure you could. In reaching out. But yeah. for that same reason, though, parents think, well, I need to be able to get a hold of them. Mm, no, no, you really don't. I mean, they're in the best place for them that is secure and, and locked off by the police. You don't need to get a hold of them. And I don't understand where this insecurity comes from. Parents not being able to reach their kids when they're at school. It had never been done in history before just really the last six, seven, eight years. And I get that it's convenient that you can text your kid and say, take the bus home. I won't be there to pick you up. But you could just as easily do what parents always did. Phone the office, leave a message with the receptionist. She'll get it to your teacher. Your teacher will get it to you. Why does that system not work? Why do people feel that kids need to have a cell phone in school? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be an ongoing issue, though, unless we put something in place. It's just always going to be one of those things that I think especially high school teachers are going to have to deal with and figure out within their own schools. I would say boards, but the boards can never like you never fully agree with everything. But per school, you've got to kind of have your your way, they, how you're going to deal with it. Have you thought about at what age you might arm your daughters with with phones is it going to be not till high school not till mm -hmm. intermediate grades yeah I think just basically once I feel like they're independent enough like my oldest is independent enough to go for me to like drop her off at a mall for example with her friends I don't know if she'll want to do that but you know what I mean stuff like that go to the movies with your friends things like that I don't I can't put a number on that I'm not sure what that'll that'll be like my kids got them in grade nine yes I think that makes sense like high school age yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'm totally fine with that. And you'd be okay with... I had it in high school. I had a cell phone in high school. I had a pager. We didn't have cell phones as right. <laughs> affordable and free to use as they are you now. You just look like a drug dealer. I just seemed like a drug dealer, yeah. <laughs> so stupid that I had a pager and no means to call anyone back. <laughs> so dumb. In any case, uh, hey, listen, however you feel about it, uh, it's a good conversation to have. Are phones too distracting or are they such an incredible tool that it would be crazy to take them out of classrooms? Is your hang-up that, eh, I don't really think kids should have have phones in school, but I want to be able to get a hold of them if I want to get a hold of them, mm -hmm. or they should be able to get a hold of me if they want to get a hold of me. Ah, have that conversation, everybody. It's a good one. Have a great day, too. Enjoy this yeah, summer-like weather wave? in October. Are we calling it a heat wave? It is a heat wave. It kind of is. Honest to God, heat yeah. wave. Enjoy it, friends, and we will catch you right back here tomorrow with Bye. a new afternoon. Bye-bye. Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. Very important segment you're listening to on the radio right now. This is where we tell you the stories of two people who have met. One of them is trying to find the other one because they were interested and didn't get a chance to shoot their shot. So they told the story online. We read it and we bring them to you right here on the Scott and Cat Show. It took place at a gas station, this one, Scott. Super long shot. Because I'll probably never see you again, but why not? You were wearing black shorts and a pinkish sweater. Walking in as I left the gas station, I dropped my debit card on the ground and you commented. So I decided to slow pump the gas in the hopes you'll come out, thinking I'm going to say something. I'm not normally shy, but you kind of caught me off guard. Then I stayed shy. I went into my car... And then I got so flustered, I accidentally pressed on the gas. What? I wasn't focusing. No. I was looking at you. You commented at me again in a joking way. So I rolled my window down to admit I wasn't trying to show off. I was revving a traverse engine. And I know that's not 
super cool. Hope you see this. Hey, I'm gonna rev my Chevy Traverse. <laughs> yeah. Catch you out on the highway. <laughs> we might want to exchange numbers now because I'll be going so fast real soon that you'll never catch me. A vroom, 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 vroom. Did he honestly think revving the engine was the way to get What's her this? attention? And also, what, also, what is slow pumping gas? Just like start, stop? I think that's start, when you stop? squeeze it all the way up and then it clicks. And then you squeeze it all the way up and it clicks. Rather than just find the sweet spot where the gas just flows. You probably just look like you were having issues. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have, I remember my first time pumping gas. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Slow pump the gas? Wait to talk to her? Just so slow. I want like a liter every 15 seconds. <laughs> the slowest it can possibly go. Stop. Pay for a quarter tank. Stop. <laughs> for a quarter tank. How did this guy get so flustered about dropping a debit card that he thought it was a good idea to rev the engine in his midsize SUV to try and get her attention? Well, I dropped my debit card. The whole thing's messed up. I mean, waste all this gas I just put in my car by revving it. <laughs> hear that money falling out? That's what you hear. At these prices, that's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, this next one happened outside of a bar. <laughs> you, five foot eight, Scruffy and glasses, wearing a blue hoodie outside the bar. I asked you for a lighter, you handsome man. You lit my cigarette as we talked. I started to cry, and you kissed me. And then we started to make out. Whoa, this escalated real quick. After a minute, I felt something different. I felt warm. But then I realized you were peeing yourself. Oh, jeez. That was the warm feeling. I pushed you away, and you ran once you realized you had urinated all over my dress. What else do you do? You just peed on them without permission. I do wish you would have stayed. I do want to know who you were. Please reply, and tell me why I started to cry, so I know it's you. Because dresses are expensive? I don't know. <laughs> why was she crying? <laughs> Okay, this whole thing sounds like an alcohol-infused mess. Mess. You got two people make it out outside the bar. She's feeling overly emotional about something. He's so drunk, he's peeing himself and didn't even realize it and even peed on her. And then after he did it and ran away, she is still kind of interested. Go to the bathroom or make out with the chick. Go to the bathroom or make I'll just make out with the chick. That was a bad idea. It was a really bad idea. This is how you get pee everywhere. He sounds like the kind of guy that would slow pump gas. <laughs> I think it's funny that his first instinct when he realized what he did was just to run. There's no coming back from that, dude. You just peed all over this girl. You actually got a stranger to make out with you, and you peed on her. Yes, you better run. Book it. I suggest you run, too. Air out your dress. <laughs> See you next week. Sorry, I had asparagus. Oh. That's disgusting. What do you, was it out or did he just pee enough that it went like from his jeans to her dress? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like he didn't pull it out, did he? <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were a toilet. Did that, oh, that didn't work. Don't do. Don't do that. 